Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Hamlet from What Culture. We're two-thirds of the Dudley Boys of What Culture. Uh. It's last night's episode <laughs> of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Yeah. A daily wrestling podcast. That has started in earnest, and if you didn't see it yesterday, it'll never appear in your audio no. earbuds. Get on YouTube, check it out. We did our first hour-long Q&A yesterday. More than that. We're getting uh, real it spirals off the rails, uh, and there's more to come. We talk about everything. We talk about the big topics in AEW, the big topics in WWE, food, dead relatives. It's all on It's there. all there. I was looking at the camera there, thinking that we're still on, but yeah. it's, it's all to play for. We're not live quite yet, pal, no. but big announcements on there, so do go and check that out. Uh, yeah, we don't not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Collision, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet to review last night's AW Dynamite, Michael Sidgwick enjoying a well earned day off. Uh, what did you make of the go home show ahead of WrestleDream? I thought this was superb. Um, I, I'm a, I've got a, I don't know, I'm, I'm on the hook for whatever Tony Khan's, quote, new era of AEW is, mm. even though it's probably just uh, a TV deal and I should set myself up for disappointment because it's okay not to be excited by a company's financials. Like, I, yeah. I feel as though, well, Tony Two Things might have the TV deal, but he might also know as a wrestling fan that, like, wrestling fans probably want wrestling stuff mm. and there's an edge or there's a man or there's a something that defines new era. Dynamite next week, there's a match on this show that I kind of can't wait to talk about, even though it killed one of the other ones, actually, uh, that is going to be kind of a help the celebration of the fourth anniversary of Dynamite. It's come around fast, that, hasn't it? It has, and I just got thinking, like, and I wish Sidgwick was here today to tell me, no, humbly, that's terrible, they shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, it even got me thinking, like, New logo? Like, new dynamite Ooh. theme? Like, I don't necessarily... Paint splashes? Yeah, I don't necessarily want... 2.0? The changes, but... Like, I don't particularly want the changes, but I like looking at different stuff. So, for the, for a week, I'll be like, uh, actually, guys, shut up. A new logo and music is goaded. And then three weeks later, when we're all sick of one that goes, hey, uh, dynamite, we think you might really like the wrestling. <laughs> I think I prefer the old yeah. thing. Like, but in the moment, I'm, like, banging uh, new stuff. So, it, like, it's... This almost, I decided in my head basically was, well, farewell, old era of AEW. You had a hell of a run. Let's get excited for the new stuff. And as a result, I perhaps placed the show on a higher pedestal. Um, maybe it was because of all that. 
Maybe it was because they decided after they listened to our preview yesterday, <laughs> you know, like this show desperately needs something. And I think the boys' game uh, arrived at what that thing was. When for those that didn't listen, and if not, why not? Uh, we played a game, a game that people people are fairly familiar with, where we try and land randomly upon a perfect opponent for a match that might need one. And we landed, I believe, on uh, Jeff Jarrett versus M. Jeff for a bail at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah. And Tony Khan was like, well, I can't give you that, but I can give you this. Yeah. And you used Twitter to set, uh, to set something up pretty cool. So I was kind of riding the high of the first 15 minutes and otherwise had a great time with this show. I understand, Will Bond, because you get a bit more time without me and Sid rabbiting on ah. uh, to sort of say your piece a little bit. This one wasn't for you. Yeah, I'm ready for a new era of AEW because I'm kind of sick of this one. I'm perfectly honest. Uh, and people will say I'm only saying this because Sidge isn't here. And they're right. Um, <laughs> I'm scared of what he'd say to me about this. But I, was, I had this weird realisation come across me on this show that for the most part now within AEW, if it's not related to MJF, I can't give a toss. Yeah. Mm. It's, I, I don't know what it is. I'm just so indifferent to things right now. I got a bit of a vibe of, do you remember when WWE just decided, um, let's have a pay-per-view every two weeks? Yeah. And a red one and a blue one and what have you. And some of them, they'd, you'd be like, right, I'm sure this match is really good, but the build to it's been kind of non-existent. You'd just sort of gone, uh, you and you are having a fight on Sunday for mm. this. Um, and then other things, I'm like, oh, great, we're going to do, and they used to do this with the, them. So-and-so faces so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, I've seen that six times now. Yeah. Thanks, WWE. <laughs> but also, I want to give a shout-out to someone who sent us a Twitter question yesterday that has stayed with me. Uh, who was it who sent this? It was. It was. It was Sean. It was a couple of days ago. Sean Acklin, mm -hmm. who regularly sends us stuff. Thank you for this, Sean. Yeah. Asked me uh, about titles changing hands in different in, in the promotions and uh, whether or not that's all right. And there was another question we had. Was it, did I save that on my... I liked it on some Twitter. I'll find it. Hang on. Where I thought, oh, yeah, that stays with me as well in terms of... I can't find it. Of too many belts. Yeah, there's too many belts. And I just I got a real wave of that as well, of like, oh, if you don't win that belt, don't worry, there'll be another belt along somewhere else. Uh, yeah. I not, not not to take away from like Eddie Kingston, that was amazing last week and mm. what have you. And you know, the the I was devoed when MJF oh when Cole teased them just dropping those tag titles that they worked so hard to get. But for the most part, they're like, they're going to be fighting for this. I'm like, well, it's fine if they win or lose that because they'll, they'll just win another one. I don't know what it is. I just had a real sense on this show of like, oh, I'm, it, it's just happening in front of me. And I, I, don't, know, I don't know why that's slow, that feeling slowly come on in, in recent weeks and months. Well, like me and Sidge, when you were off especially, found ourselves in these dynamite and collision reviews and previews, having accidental state-of-the-industry conversations. Yeah. AEW... I think brings that out of you more than WWE because WWE knows so ruthlessly what it is. And it's not a wrestling show. It's a WWE show. And it'll never not be that. And obviously, we've talked at length about how, like for Sidge, for example, he can never sort of really rate a WWE show in his heart above an eight because their best version is still a thing he just doesn't really want to get out of his wrestling. And I might differ from that. But like certainly when you watch AEW, I think it's, it's closer to being representative of what the best possible wrestling show can be. Like... And it's not hitting that 
at the moment. It's and it hasn't been for quite a while. And what you've seen as a result of that is reduced crowds and quieter crowds mm-hmm. and lower lit buildings and a kind of a bit of a gloomy atmosphere. We've like highlighted that. I don't think the show was one of the worst offenders for that, but I think there's been a pattern of that yep, over the yeah. weeks and months. So that builds and that feeling of indifference builds. The title match thing is a problem. Like, look, well, I suppose it segues into the opener. I was buzzing that Jeff Jarrett got a title <laughs> match against Ray Phoenix. Jeff Jarrett versus Ray Phoenix as a graphic is why AEW is great, right? Yeah. That's like, Cedric always called it the buffet. Right, that's going to like opposite ends of the buffet and decide. You know what? I'm gonna have like some Chinese food with my pizza, and I'm gonna dip the pizza oh. in it. Like it might not make sense, but the buffet allows you to try that if you want to do that. And that's Ray Phoenix and Jeff Jarrett. Where the hell have these two come from? Well, I'll tell you where. Lucha School. Because in the pre-match promo, Jeff Jarrett said, I'm going to take Ray Phoenix to Lucha School. I've forgotten more about Lucha Libre than he's ever remembered. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, right? Like. It's a preposterous match, but he himself, as he's proven in his desperate quest and thirst to win a title that isn't the Texas Chainsaw Massacre one, that, like, if you're going to have an open challenge, I want first dibs. I've won 85 belts. But he's not going to win, right? But you need dread for that first challenger because nobody ever really believes the first challenger. It's perfect. It's a perfect TV TV match. But it does, like, illuminate the, uh, to your point, like, everyone gets a go. Yeah. Like, and it's one thing to, like, sort of fall out of the queue when you had your shot and you've lost it, but it's another to just walk straight into another queue. Orange Cassidy's uh, international title reign was so prestigious because every match felt like the challenger was about to topple. Yeah. Like, was about to topple a champion that desperately did not want to lose. The problem you have there is Orange Cassidy losing that title should now feel like he's tumbled all the way to the bottom of the mountain, whereas now he's two matches from a tag title shot. And when he, if and when they lose on Sunday, let's say Orange Hook lose on Sunday mm-hmm. night, you think, well, that's all right. He could get a world title shot sooner. He could get a this or he could get a that and he could get a that. And therefore, you care less for the next international champion. All of these things do have a knock-on, and it's I don't think these things just happen overnight. MJF, on the other hand, um, to go to the thing you are enjoying, has about four different things on the go at any one time because his stuff forces you to care. Like, he wears that Ring of Honor tag belt with pride and doesn't want to lose it. It matters to him if he loses. Of course, the world title matters to him. He's in a friendship for the first time, and he's now juggling what it is to have a friend that also has Mm. other friends. He's also got a new rivalry with somebody that's got to bring out the very worst of the salt of the earth, and at the same time, a potential framing of MJF as a guy behind a backstage attack. His stuff always matters to him, certain matters to you. Yeah. And increasingly, there are wrestlers where it looks as if things just don't matter enough to them. Um, you know, we'll get to more examples. I thought the show was really good, and I feel I, like I'm quite, I think this is, again, like I think our hype levels are very different for WrestleDream. Yeah. Like we've talked about this in the office. I'm quite up for this card, and you're not. I mean, I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. We'll obviously, we're going to review it live on our YouTube yeah, channel. I should point that out on Tuesday. Uh, and I, you know, I've no doubt, like I'm excited. We were talking, me and Andy were talking on the news. ZSJ versus Brian Danielson. Really excited for that. Uh, MJF now in a handicap match. Intrigued for that, you know. Um, Rick, uh, Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart for the TBS Championship. That's going to be a fun match as well. Uh, the weird combo of the Golden Elite and Chris Jericho. How's that going to play out? Hmm. Swerve Strickland. You better bloody get a victory over Hangman Page. Yeah, I think he will. Um, you know, and the... And the, the Excitement for the potential of FTR and Aussie Open, considering what they've done together, is great. But it, I'm like, I'm probably not going to stay up and watch it. 
Let me. I'm probably going to try and speed watch it on Monday morning, or even just watch it Monday as after works to review it on Tuesday. And I don't really mind if stuff's spoiled, to be honest. Within the confines of our working week, let me help you through this review we're about to do. Like with one of your own favourite analogies, right? Eat your vegetables today, and then we've got the SmackDown preview tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, the steak is uh, NXT No Mercy, which I will be watching live on Saturday night. Indeed. That's my bias. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, it was Ray Phoenix versus Jeff Jarrett for the uh, AW International title. Uh, before the match started, we got a load of madness. Phoenix saw what was coming. Ruled. Because you had Karen out there. You had Sanjay Dutt, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh. Why didn't he let them all come out with him? Uh, he dived onto them all. Jarrett comes back with an eye poke and a chair shot. So the bell hasn't rung, so that's fine. Again, uh, there was a bit with Karen getting involved as well. Uh Phoenix uh, hit a hurricane runner on Jay Lethal that sent him into uh, Satnam Singh's yam bag. <laughs> um, <laughs> Karen Jarrett hit a back rake, and then Ray Phoenix sort of grabbed her a little bit by the throat, and I was like, what are we doing here, guys? Where are we going? Yeah. Uh, Sanjay attacked, got eight a super kick, and Ray sent JJ into the ring to properly start the match. Right, now <laughs> we've started. Um, Jarrett takes over, little Fargo strut in there, does the little... Zero miedo with a bit of a wanker simple, basically. <laughs> um, Phoenix comes back, but Satnam Singh distracts him, and uh, Jarrett counters a rolling cutter into a DDT to take us to a break. Um, Jarrett says, right, get him, basically. <laughs> to which I was like, well, what? The referee's looking at it. You can't just do that. She'll just call, call for a DQ. Uh, and it's not like her, but um, Aubrey got involved and uh, jumped to the floor and attacked Karen Jarrett. But they have got history. Yeah, I, I get it. Um, Lethal jumped on the apron and ate a rope walk kick to the face. Oh, my God. That was nice. Mm -hmm. uh, Sanjay Dutt ran the distraction and Jarrett low-blowed Ray Phoenix and got a small package. And for a split second, I thought, what? Because oh, I, I thought, whatever's happening, we're just keeping the belt warm until Moxley's free to come back. Mm -hmm. And it's probably not a good idea to hot potato it quite as much as I'm fantasy booking in my head. But I would, I do quite like the fact that people just could, could, kept win, could keep winning it on the opening of... Because they just keep cheating or outworking each other. Yeah, that's like it's like because it, it's been so long of like really long title reign. Mm. Re you know, the Moxie you sense was not going to be as long. No, but it was going to be a month or two. Mm -hmm. And I like every week Jarrett wins it, and then Jarrett loses it to I don't know. I mean, that, that strategy worked fantastic for the TNT title, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are we? So the small package. The small package. Small package yeah. gets two. Actually, I'll tell you what I did wrote really buy on. He hit the stroke. Jesus Christ. Phoenix, one note that you should point out. Yeah, what? like, I don't know how they missed this. Like, he hits, like the near fall off the small package was great, but I was like, that can't be the two counts I'm supposed to bite on because I'm, I know what I'm looking for. Jarrett hits the stroke. How did this match, in this moment of all of them, not feature him dropping to his knees and going, Ayah! That's come shorthand in, in me and the Dadley's WhatsApp group, isn't it? We call it just it the Jeff, Jeff Jarrett arm thing. <laughs> like, double fist pump, celebrating a two count. Like, celebrating before he's won the match, because that's an arsehole thing yeah. to do. That was the tell. Uh, Ray's getting out of this. And obviously, it was only foot on the ropes. That's all right. You know, it's, it's still as protected as a one-winged angel. It's fine. Yes, but Jarrett... Uh, Orders Singh to the apron. Phoenix takes a low drop kick and gets Jarrett with a small package for the one, two, three. And then we're informed by Excalibur that he's going to be Nick Jackson, Brian Cage, and Claudio Castagnoli in a three-way later to determine who faces Phoenix on the four-year anniversary of Dynamite. Great match. Really fun. Again, kind of already put over the quality of the pairing and how dumb it is and how good that is. 
like, this was the exact Jeff Jarrett, Ray Phoenix match on an episode of Dynamite you would have expected. I know mm. it sounds like bad analysis. Every single thing they did here is exactly what you would expect them to do. But sometimes it's okay to have fun without there being any surprises. Yeah. Like, I felt like, with the exception, I must say, of the leap at the very beginning, that what like that knocked me like off my seat watching it, just being like, Jesus Christ, we're on. Yeah. Here we go. Like whatever Jarrett thinks he's ready for, he's not ready for Ray Phoenix. Especially because of the law of last week of just yeah. like Jesus. Yeah. He just <laughs> doesn't give a toss. Ray Phoenix flying to the floor is now a potential concussor. Yeah. Like this should be seen as like a tombstone, basically. But like I so then like the way the match played out played out exactly like followed form pretty much to the letter. But like when the form is as entertaining as this. Why F with it? Mm. I don't know. Maybe I'm too easily pleased. No, like, I enjoyed this. I, I tell a lie. I said I was just kind of indifferent yeah. to a lot of part of this, but I did enjoy this. Like, I like seeing my favourites flex, and while Ray Phoenix isn't one of my favourites, y- you do take for granted how great he is sometimes. Mm. And I almost think that, you know, if, like, this was Ray Phoenix versus Commander, let's say, mm. I almost think the, like, the competitive high spots would undermine themselves. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Ray Phoenix doing the stuff to Jeff Jarrett that Jeff Jarrett cannot do in a billion trillion years reminds you why what Phoenix does is yeah. so cool. It's and I, like, I, I love getting to watch this. There should be more matches like this as long as Phoenix has this title. Now, having said that, we're going to get something that is nothing like this next week and I cannot wait for it. But I do need to point out a pretty substantial problem about this triple threat that Excalibur announced when we get to it. Yes, uh, before that, uh, we get a fun little segment with uh, MGF and Adam Cole on MGF's dad's boat. What the? F- uh, they are off fishing, and uh, Cole thanks MGF for the invitation. And MGF's still a bit knocked about what happened last week. He's like, you did kind of leave me in the lurch a little bit. We're going off with Roderick Strong for a little bit too long, in my opinion. You didn't come out there to ring me and what have you. And Cole's like, yeah, look, I know Roddy's like a brother. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, he's a, you know. He's another friend of mine, effectively. Mm. And Jeff's like, it's fine. I'm only going to get a beer. And you see him go in the cooler uh, and put on the beautiful diamond ring to knock Adam Cole out and throw him overboard. Yeah. Right, this was this was brilliant. There's more. Yes. Yeah, finish it. Sorry, yeah. So uh, Cole sort of it's calls him out. a bizarre punchline, but... The, uh, that Cole was... calls him out on that. Yeah. Saying, you're not doing that, are you? And MJF's like, uh, no, that, that'd be stupid. That's insane. And Cole sort of has to explain to, to Max, look, it's fine to have multiple best friends. Mm. He should know that already. He's been going on about Adam Cole being his best friend. And I'm <laughs> sat right here, pal. Uh, he, uh, MJF's all right, fine. It's not really something for me. Of course, you'd keep telling yourself that. Uh, uh, but I support you, Adam uh, Cole, that is. Easy to get us confused. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, what are we talking about? Oh, yeah. MJF said, uh, to be honest, last time I almost got caught throwing a person overboard. And then uh, I was like, what? And then never mind, never mind all that Because <laughs> <laughs> Adam Cole's caught a big fish, except he hasn't. He's caught Captain Insano. And I thought, am I still asleep? <laughs> I know my sleep patterns have been a bit all over the place since Eric arrived, but what's going on here? And they reel in Captain Insano. <laughs> He's not happy yeah. about this initially. He's in a little uh, ducky rubber ring. Yeah. But then he has a beer with uh, Better Than You Baby and Better Than You Baby. Mm-hmm. And then he says, almost verbatim, Hey, 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 you all right. Which I suppose is because that's his thing, isn't it? It is. That's, that's who The Rock's talking to when he says that. There is, wrestling has this funny thing, AW especially, with, um, well, we were going to do the thing. You know, we can't do the thing anymore. 
Well, remember that we were going to do a thing, because at some point I want to do the thing. There was all this stuff, wasn't there, about like Big Show got the game made. The captain is saying okay for a, a six-man that never happened. There was a possibility of... It even extended to Wembley, where it was going to be Captain Insano and Grado, maybe, as part yeah. of the genre thing. I can't, but ultimately, there was a couple of times when the Captain Insano bit was going to lead to a match, a moment, something that interacted with the AW roster in canon. And we just never really got there. Should have had that when... Uh, was it who attacked him? Was it the guns who attacked him? Yeah. He should have come out and done the Foley... One thing I'm not is ready to face you on Sunday, but I believe the fans deserve a place. I think you know the guy. Turns off the seat. Yeah, it would be a huge bad. <laughs> Captain Insano. Well, it was kind of a huge pop here because I was like, what are you doing here? <laughs> the big show in a rubber ring. Uh, so the punchline was just bizarre. It was Insano. Like, so yeah. fine, fine. The rest of the segment, right? Um, first of all, like, pretty cool that. Uh, Wrestling company would borrow liberally from the Sopranos. Yeah. Where'd you get that idea from? <laughs> uh, but a nice bit to borrow. MJ, like, it's so funny. MJF, ready to kill him, ready to whack him, basically, like, on a boat. But this had a purpose. This, ri- like, I've been hit and miss on the vignettes, but I love it when it's like, right, you don't just get a vignette, you get an in ring as well. These two are the central figures in AEW right now. Give them as much TV time as you need. It's not just that AEW thing of, here's your one segment, you're boxed off from everything else. Yeah, 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 See you next yeah. week. I kind of love that they've veered, especially with these two. So I love that you got the outside of the ring stuff and then an in ring because it reminds you that they can juggle serious and silly. They've done it the whole time. Like, we need to be done with this. Well, funny ain't money. It is. Like, it's the hottest story in the yeah. company. It's the best thing they've done all year. Like, you can absolutely juggle both, and you should show more. You should treat it as case by case. Can't do it every time. These can. Adam and these Cole, light-hearted things put into, like, JY going, you've gone soft yeah, later. Yeah, exactly, yeah. This was such a crucial story beat, because, of course, Adam Cole is going to have to go away to recover. And, of course... They're going to have to square that circle with MJF being okay with it, not least while Roderick Strong is also, quote, in recovery. <laughs> MJF learning an yet another important lesson about friendship. This is the best serious development that happens in a stupid segment since Adam Cole discovered that MJF had never played a two-player game before. Yeah. Like, that moment where Adam Cole, you've never played a game with anybody. He's like, right, I didn't realise quite what I was dealing with here. Yeah, and then he basically said to him, It's time to play the game! And they did. Fight Forever still available. Send us a freebie. Um, and I like it was just quite nice how they tucked it in to this very, I'm going to murder you. Right, well, pause it just right there and we're going to have a serious conversation. That's quite impressive yeah. Like to do that in such a silly segment because now that that's like huge character development for MJF. Again, every single week we are asked to be like, who's zooming who here? Where? Yeah. Like every week you were asked that question. But away from all of that, the character, even if he doesn't want to. The MJF's going to learn lessons whether he wants to or not. Like, that's happening in front yeah. of your very eyes. And then it really matters when MJF has to, like, you know, like, it's what's the, uh, like, you know, it's there's never a right time to say goodbye. Like, he ha- if he loves someone, setting him free. And he did. Cole left with Strong in the yeah. Kingdom. And MJF had to, like, swallow his feelings and be okay with there it. There was a split second watching that where after this, I thought, oh, my God, we completely missed this. It's not going to be Roddy Strong saying, you know what, I'll step up for you, Adam, and do mm. it. 
MJF's going to say, why don't I partner with your best friend and we show that we yeah. can be... Like, I was a split second. That's what I thought it was going to happen. Oh, so MJF's head going, oh, so is this what we have to do? Yeah. Yeah, like, he's, it's a bit like... That's what friends are for. <laughs> he, how he's, like, faking being a top baby face by just trying all the top baby face things. He's now going to fake being a best friend and he's going to, like... Like, the kingdom are going to get pissed off with MJF. What are you all coffees, guys? Oh, there's some guy again. Yeah. But, like, he's earnestly doing his best trying to, like, follow... Like he's got like a big manual, how to be a friend. <laughs> it's, it, I thought this was really genuinely inspired and it got better later on. Mm. Well, let's go to the polar opposite of that. Don Callis, he's... Uh, oh boy. <laughs> walking the streets of Tokyo with Takeshita. Uh, this is shot on like last Saturday or whatever. And they're hunting for Kota Ibushi. And uh, he says, maybe Kenny Omega's going to have to find a new partner for Russell Dream if we find him. Uh, and then Rene Paquette welcomes them down to the ring. They come out, loads of booze. Loads of heat. Like yeah, loads of heat. Not quite Dominic Mysterio, but good, good heat. <laughs> and Don Callis introduces his latest arsehole, who is dressed quite appropriately. Yeah. Sammy Guevara yeah. comes out. What a bell end. Like, I want to say for Sammy Guevara, I feel like we should jump in with the praise because it's not about, it's not going to last. Uh, heat was great. Yeah. In-ring stuff, zero complaints. Yeah. Guevara's best night in terms of how he looked, how he acted, and how he talked in ages as either a face or a heel. Like, be, he, he felt locked in tonight. And it's going to be perfect because I was watching this as a new parent, thinking, clock's running down on you. Mm. You're going to have to disappear. Quite rightly, by the way, this is one of the few things that AEW does yeah. really well, in my opinion, of if you're going to be a parent, whether you're a man or a real woman, life stuff. There's yeah, been lots of real go life. away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go away. I know Paige did it, obviously, previously. Um, yeah. You know, I was looking off the company that we work for. It wasn't just two weeks. I had a full four weeks off, and mm. I, 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 I genuinely can't underestimate how much that meant for for my, me and my family mm. and, and Louise and, uh, yeah, all that sort of thing. So I was thinking, you're at the peak of being bellend and they're going to do something that's going to write you out in, yeah. I don't know what, what the time scale is, a month, two it's, months, three it's months? It's going to be close, but as yeah. you say, there's like, if we do end up down the Jericho Michaels route and Jericho gets his bloody and violent revenge, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, before all so that... So that was pretty good. Well, well done, guys. Ruffle the hair. That was, <laughs> that was after, though... Don Callis threw to footage of him and Takeshita going to Kota Ibushi's dojo. Mm-hmm. And Takeshita gets in there and they're sort of like, oh, where's Kota? We come to Gigreos. And Trainee gets involved. Um, it was like the Nick Wayne stuff, but, you know, not good. Uh, yeah. Trainee gets knocked down. Yeah, I didn't uh, even consider that. I've done this very recently. Yep. And a much better version, yeah. Ibushi shows up and uh, takes Takeshita down. Does Callis. He? Does he? <laughs> him and, him and Takeshita slightly fall down. Uh, <laughs> Callis attacks him with an umbrella. Ibushi goes after him, but that allows Takeshita to recover and hit him with a kettlebell shot. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. And then Takeshita wraps his jacket around Kota's neck whilst Callis screams an, inco- uh, an unconscious Kota. He's never going to be safe from the Don Callis family. Here, Tokyo, Seattle, wherever he is, basically. Uh, we go back to the ring. Callis says his family's been never been stronger than heading into Wrestle Dream. And yeah, Guevara said, I've been painted as a bad guy. I'm the hero, actually. Uh, F you, Sammy, chance. Uh, he said, Jericho keeps clipping, kept clipping my wings. I thought one day he'd pass me the torch, but Don showed me that Jericho's selfish and that's, now it's time for me to be the star I should be. Uh, and Callis concluded by saying, we're going to take everything from Omega, Jericho, and Ibushi until all that's left is tears. Kettlebell the head of Ibushi was pretty great. I thought the beatdown was excruciating. Um, everything about Takeshita when he's wrestling is y- you're kind of wowed by how he does the things he does despite his size. He's got like power, 
but he's got like propulsion and like an explosiveness that like a flyer or a cruiserweight would have. Mm. He all of this despite the fact he's like six, well six foot eighty five. <laughs> like he's like he's like looks like as tall as Diesel out there. Like amongst wrestlers that wrestle like him. Yeah. So he's got so much in his arsenal. This roll around with Kurt Rabushi was embarrassing. Like that it was they were wrestling in treacle in a pre tape. How's that? Like for a start. Like, it's like the righteous music. If you want to make it good, just play it on 1.25 speed. <laughs> like, they needed to play this on a faster speed to it make it It looked like work. they were doing the thing with the one, two, one, two, one, y- two. Yeah. But they hadn't quite got their, their, their legs locked together appropriately for that sort of thing. I don't like these um, videos. You know, like on the 4U tab, and I understand that I am partly responsible for this. On the 4U tab on X, like, sometimes you just get the most random stuff thrown at you, but the algorithm is always listening. So it must mean that when I'm doing my scroll, I've stuck around uncomfortably longer than I, than I should. <laughs> but, you know, when there's, like, those, those accounts that just, like, tweet uh, real-life fights. Mm. And I don't like seeing people fight in real life, but clearly, subconsciously, I must do a bit because I must linger on X. Problem is... When you see a few of those and you realise that just in the middle of, like, a pub car park on a pissed-up Saturday afternoon, people can go for each other at pace, I need a bit more out of my professional wrestlers in a dojo fight. This was really fake-looking, and it it existed, I think, I assume, to explain why uh, Ibushi isn't maybe 100% going into the trios match. Like, we have not seen the Golden Star at his best peak performance in AEW. Mm. And I'll presume... Did they attack him before Blood and Guts as well? <laughs> they did not. They did not attack him before All In. Real life has, evidently, right? But now we're going to see him in a weakened state as a result of this beatdown. But, like, that doesn't explain why he was rubbish before the kettlebell of the head. This was not so good, Al. No. And, you know, I, I'm still into the trios match. I think the pairings are weird. But, oh, I don't know, man. This was... Not good. Mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Then we get uh, a promo from Ricky Starks after that brilliant match yet again uh, on Collision with Brian Danielson saying, I didn't lose, uh, but I survived. 
Uh, I didn't tap out. I wasn't submitted. Uh, so still, actually, that that wasn't the real quiz. My one was, so I'm still uh, one, one nil to me. Um, and then here comes bloody Wheeler Utah. <laughs> I just oh, I don't care. And he's like, oh, I was going to show you respect. And I didn't know, no, I thought you were being an arsehole. I want to show you respect. So yeah. da, da, da. And Starks, it's like, next time you put your hands on me, you're going to get got. I'm like, yeah, good, Ricky. Uh, and uh, Wheeler's like, you're all style, no substance. All you do is whine and complain. Uh, I've got my ass beat and put in the ground, and I stood up. Uh, you ain't got the balls to do that. But if not, let's have a bare knuckle fight on October 1st. I want Ricky Starks to squash this nerd. Right, this is interesting here, because I can tell you what I think, but I can't force you to feel. And that might be at the heart of your disinterest in AEW. I thought this was really quite good. Ricky Starks is losing these big matches, but he feels, like, undeniable. And he's in a situation now where he can win the match that, in his mind, vindicates... Yeah. The good form that he is in that's maybe not being reflected in the results. Yeah. You know, he's losing 1-0 away quite a lot. And you think, oh, they've been the better team here. Yeah. And it's just not working out. That's like, that's a kind of believable sporting framework story. In the meantime, Wheelie Uta, through challenging him here, completes what I think was a very necessary step. And we had that with a match on this Dynamite as well. Have we, thank God, just accepted that the BCC need to be babyfaces again? Oh. Because Claudio certainly worked as one. Moxley always felt forced. And Brian was an enormous... Ba- he was a dumbass... Disconnect between when Wheelie you made the turn, that's my question. Well, I get the mocks one and get you saying that, and I get mouthing off at a heel. Fair enough. Like, uh, this is the thing, I don't think I can force you to feel any kind of emotional response to this. Um, I think the match could be a low key highlight of the night, so I'm kind of looking forward to it, but I can't put it over because, again, I think this is the sort of stuff that like WWE would rightfully get some pelters for. Yeah, oh, you're just pulling a match out of your arse, are you? Like. Oh, now, now we hate each other, and there's only one thing for it. This pay-per-view that is supposed to be supposed to be a dream show mm. has now got a match that's taken three days build off a backstage. Well, we've just sort of gone. All right, well, you can't be the main guy in the BCC. What about the second guy in the BCC? Yeah, we need to give you a win back. I, 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 I get it. I absolutely get it. I think this could be one of the sleepers on the night. Mm. It's one of those ones where if I'm watching this back, I'm not watching Wrestle Dream Live. My hand is going to be hovering. It's all on Starks for me on this, mm. about whether or not I skim through this one. Can't do it, man. We're going to be live on YouTube. They'll catch you out. You'll be caught in 4K. That's fine. Did you, you miss that? Did you miss that insert incredible spot, Wilbon? Like, 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 what are we talking about? It's like, it's like Sid waking up after the Matt Hardy thing on All Out 2020. Was everybody so sad? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one thing we did enjoy, though, was the uh, three-way uh, for the AW oh, yeah. International title shot next week. It was uh, Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Cage, uh, and Nick Jackson. And... Uh, yeah, they did the the sort of archetypal, right, we'll get rid of one of you and you can have a one-on-one match, really, mm. but with some of the wildest spots you've ever seen, basically. Oh, my God. Cage immediately catches a super kick and gorilla presses Nick Jackson onto the floor. Cool. Yeah. Um, Nick Jackson hit a comeback with a uh, rope walk into a double takedown, sending both of them out to the floor and then hit a springboard sent on. Nice. Yeah. Um, back from the break, uh, Brian Cage hits Claudio with a release German... But Jackson's there and hits him with a step-up corner knee and a bulldog. Jackson come, hits a slingshot face buster, but as he comes through for a moonsault on Claudio, he gets caught and turned into a swinging DDT. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's dead. He's dead. Uh, Claudio sends Jackson out to the floor and hits the giant swing on Brian Cage for 10 ridiculous revolutions. Fantastic. And a two-count. Crowd going banana at this point. Uh, and then Claudio gets sent outside... Nick Jackson does for a, goes for a crossbody off the top but gets caught by Brian Cage who hits an F5 for a two count. Oh, my God. 
Uh, Cage does that brilliant suplex from the apron into the ring and made Claudio look like it was, it's a piece of paper. This is that, like, this guy that, like, the, the human horse thing that, like, we talk about with yeah. Kevin Owens and stuff. Oh, my God, like... Cage does this sometimes. Yeah. Cage, Brian Cage, the monster that like should theoretically monster little guys, is more fun to watch monstering big guys. Yeah. That's the Brian Cage trick. They all trade some near falls, the super kicks and uppercuts on Cage from Jericho and Claudio. Uh, Claudio hits a pop-up uppercut on Nick Jackson. Hammer and anvil elbows on uh, Brian Cage. Ricola bomb, but Jackson flies in out of nowhere. Springboard hurricane Rana. That sinks Claudio out to the floor, and Jackson gets the one, two, three. He's... Fourth singles win, is it? This is wild. Fourth singles match. Fourth singles match, sorry. Fourth singles match in Dynamite history. Like, sorry, since Dynamite started. Probably AEW started, because I don't think he had a singles match when they were just a pay-per-view exclusive Mm. company. Let's say that anyway. People can fact-check this. Fourth singles match, or solo match, because this was a three-way. In the history of AEW, I'm one of those was on, unless I've miscounted, was on um, being the elite when he fought Nick, or when he fought Matt. In the, um, middle yeah. of the, in the middle of the pandemic. Um, now, of course, the one that really matters is the first one, is the Ray Phoenix match, a cult classic, I think, of the early days of Dynamite. Yeah. Couldn't wait for more Nick Jackson singles matches that never came. Because you won't find this on Alta Vista. Cult classic, not bestseller. What a goated album, by the way. Well, mate. Oh, my God. Original pirate material. The streets don't forget, and we oh, don't forget the streets. No. You know the streets are... Uh, 2011 album, Computers and Blues, is actually underrated. I agree. Low-key goaded. Should that see the streets? I, well, I would, but they're charging way too much for a ticket. Oh, these yeah, days. Yeah, oh, fair yeah. play, Mike Skinny. Go and get yours, but Jesus Christ, mate, I haven't got, I can't pay you for it. <laughs> um, Without Thinking is one of the all-time great Let's Go Out and Get Pissed bangers. Yeah. And, like, that was supposed to be the end of the streets, and then I think you decided to get it back going at some point. First album, though, Jesus Christ. I'm not, um, I'm not a second album streets guy, like... Um, but the, is that the concept? It's the concept. One? It's the concept I album. love that album. Like, it's got like a lot of the big streets hits on. It's got Dry Your Eyes, mate, and it's got. Uh, um, I always think of England getting knocked out of tournaments when I hear that. I'm not dying to bore you. Did, did that um, karaoke first week of university? Of course. Set the stall out. Of, yeah, of course you did. Um, it's yeah, a grand outcome free. Couldn't think of anything. Yeah, it. yeah. It's a, I'm not really huge on that one. The first album, uh, like a game changer, an absolute game changer, original pirate material. Uh, too much brandy. Don't mug yourself. Uh, is it like Blinded by the Lights? Disney, oh. Disney Lights? Oh, my God. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, Nick Jackson. Oh, thank you, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going to be incredible. It's You could feel during this Don't match... Don't mug yourself. We become heroes. We become what heroes. What an album this is. It's, oh, honestly, it's full hits. It's too, uh, it was too late. It's too late, the one? Yeah. Where he talks about like never quite being there for her. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm putting this on on the way home. Yeah. Um, Please don't switch off the podcast to listen to the Streets First album, but when you finish, listen to the Streets First album. Um, push Things Forward. Yeah. Basically, like... Second single, that. Well, Push Things Forward was basically them telling you, if you don't get why this needs to happen, we're going to write a song about it. <laughs> like, they were they were changing everything. It was brilliant. Streets were good. Uh, How's it come to this with Nick Jackson and uh, Very Phoenix, though? Really good. Really good. Um... Well, the original pirate material of the early days of Dynamite, I wasn't such a fan on, but I couldn't not love Nick Jackson versus Ray Phoenix, and I'm looking forward to it again next week. It's fourth anniversary of Dynamite, and you could feel as this match built to its crescendo that everybody and he stole the win, Nick Jackson. Yeah, but everybody wanted it because he was kind of, despite his incredible like offensive offense, offensive offense, offensive Arsenal. He gets to be the underdog because these two are monsters. Claudio and Brian Cage are absolute monsters, mm-hmm. and there's no way Nick can win. 
But that realisation rippling around the building, hang on, if Nick wins this, he gets Phoenix. We loved Nick Jackson and Ray Phoenix the last time. We loved Dynamite in 2019. And this is going to be a gorgeous little flashback to that. So you have got this incredible multi-man, high drama, high octane, high action, like flippy but exhilarating mm-hmm. contest that has enormous stakes and really quite deeply embedded AW law. What, like 30 minutes before you book a stakeless four-way to build momentum in a similar pattern match? Who the hell came up with this? Like, this is ultimately the problem they've encountered here is someone had a really good idea with this match, but unfortunately they had a really mid-idea first. Yeah. And what you can't do is be like, this is better. We're gonna yeah, they copied th- someone else's homework and made it way better. Yeah, <laughs> they can't do. Well, we're going to put the four-way on Rampage. But if you put this on Rampage, you can find it's a Rampage. Yeah. So they re- they give themselves like a real stupid problem here. And it was just, in terms of the Streets First album, it's too late. Yeah. You, you're stuck with the four-way. Kill the four-way. It killed the four-way. Right? We'll get to that. Four-way was boring. Uh, Orange Cassidy... And Hook have got momentum because Orange Cassidy won a singles match and he's never teamed with Hook in a straight tag. <laughs> but like he's got big right. momentum now going into Sunday. This match was great. This three-way ruled. Yeah. Just remember the irony of it all. Did we mention that? You have been drinking too much brandy. Honestly, the irony of it all, for various different reasons, at university was played on repeat. This album was fantastic. Right. It's in the down, it's the upbeat. Come on, let's pick this podcast up. Okay, let's find out who got the funk in uh, the next bit of <laughs> AW Dynamite. It was the righteous. They're cutting little people out of paper. F*** <laughs> off. <laughs> They're branching them out. They say, Karma's got no deadline. We've done nothing wrong. It's easier to forgive your enemies than it is to forgive your fake friends. They're talking about NJF and Adam Cole. Are they? Sounds like they're talking any old sh- that they could supplant onto a wrestling feud and pretend, oh, by the way, we say all this, we're going to kill you, we're dangerous to society, and then when the bell rings, we're going to grab a hold. There are wrestling companies where the righteous work. I'm not a charlatan. I understand that, like, Impact has shoot murders. I understand that, like, Lucha Underground existed in this, like, really scary-looking underbelly where wrestlers could do things that, like, mere mortals could not AEW isn't that. I know no. it doesn't have the rankings anymore. I know that wins and losses have probably never mattered less, but like the sporting framework still underpins yeah. all of this, right? They are lucky, the righteous, that for whatever reason, maybe it was so it didn't bury them six feet deep, that MJF, the realest guy in AEW's room, did not turn his weapons on them. Yeah. Like, it, they we're going to the pay per views this weekend. We're going to get to this. MJF went in pretty hard on Jay White. But luckily, Jay White is Jay White, and he stopped it from being a total burial. Yeah. Right, that was pretty sharp stuff. Sharp darts. Why did I not pick that one out? Sharp darts against Switchblade. But luckily, like, Jay White has it in his locker to fire back. Like, Wilborn, I need to ask you a question. Go on. Do you ache for a feeling that you fake to feel? Huh? Uh-huh. Exactly. It's a handicap match. They've got the advantage. Got the friggin' advantage. Yeah, but it like, was supposed to be so easy. I've got a laptop in front of you. Yeah, I'm cheating. I am cheating. I can't, I can't compete with this. Um, but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. So, all right, I've got. Can't remember some of these. Right, yeah, let's keep going. I might just think. Uh, I'm going to stop with the streets references now, mainly because we'll lose subscribers, and <laughs> also because I. Well, you might as well put your feet up because look at this. I'm going to show you my notes there. That's where I'm starting, and that. Is where I'm going to ask you what you think of all this. That's fine. I'm good at that. <laughs> because, actually, no, I'll break it up with the uh, 
the Roddy Strong stuff. Because do you remember when you, do you remember when he wasn't famous? That was awful. When you're a famous <laughs> boy, it gets real easy to get out. It's all Mike Skinner. Mike, I think you should start singing. It's no. all so easy you get a bit spoiled. I get it. You've, you've discovered quite a lot of drugs. I get it. <laughs> I get it. You got a bit carried away with the whole... Do you know who that song is allegedly about? So, I, that, so when you wasn't famous, if you've never listened to that, is about how Mike Skinner got famous. Uh, he, isn't he, uh, had he, success with the ladies. By the way, he also references... Possibly one of the greatest TV shows of all time, SMTV. Oh, my God. Oh, wait, CD UK. Oh, my God. But also, that was preceded by SMTV. Yeah. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Was it one of the girls allowed? It was. It was uh, Cheryl Cole Nee Tweedy. Um, I, uh, I saw Cheryl Cole. Well, I saw all girls allowed once in real life, and I uh, lost the ability to speak and move and function. Uh, we had them at my student union, and we didn't have a very like good green room. And I had to take them a tray of vodka Red Bulls from the bar <laughs> downstairs into their green room. And, like, it was before they'd gone out on stage. Um, it was, like, early into their run. We were very lucky to get girls allowed at the University of Sunderland. But what the thing was, uh, there was still kind of... Nobody knew that girls allowed were going to go on to absolutely be a shoot-gutted, like, yeah. girl band. People thought, oh, they've won a TV talent show, BFD. Yeah. But So we got them at, like, doing part of a uni run. And so they were like, kind of, it was almost. Speak to me when, when tr- one true voice came round here, probably. I follow my heart. Anyway, they were, they, they were fing <laughs> right? But like, Girls Aloud were, were double treble goated. And like, they were quite, it was lovely. They were like really nice to the staff. And they were like, dare I say it, they were like happy to be there. And Cheryl was doing the big, like, oh, it's, I like playing in the Northeast still. It's like home away uh, from home, yeah, all yeah. that kind of nonsense. Like uh, cheap pop stuff, you know, Mick Foley putting the mic out. Yeah. It's great being back in the Northeast. Until she went to Tiger Tiger. Um, so I had to take a tray of vodka and rebels up. And like, all I wanted to say was like, there you go. Yeah. And I just like, you might feel like you sort of remember something like this happening to you once. Uh. I put it down and I said, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't said thank you. Girls allowed are your Rey Mysterio. Uh, yeah. I love it. I put the trade out and said thank you and left. Like, I, I couldn't make eye contact with any of them because I didn't want them to make eye contact with me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Will Bond has just shown me a picture of him with three members of Girls Allowed. So I go on then. What's the story? So you look so much more comfortable than I did in my own story in my mind. I can't lie about a scenario that nobody else saw but me. I don't even remember what I, I interviewed them, but I can't remember what we talked about. What were they promoting at the time? I'm amazed that there was a crossover in your well, radio I don't know what life. year that was. It was. The date won't be 2012. 2012, so that would have been their last um, commercial release. They had a real banger of a single that I took as a bit of a dig at the Saturdays. Oh, speaking of which. Oh, there's a one with the Saturdays. We didn't rig that at all. That's the next photo in my, in my album. Their, uh, their last big single, Girls Aloud, was called Something New. Uh, and it was a total banger. Something kind of new. It wasn't as good as something I knew. Oh, God, that was, that was next level. Like, do you want to play a quick game? All right, like two things. R.I.P. Sarah Harding, Girls Allowed, please yes. come back. Like an awesome, awesome band. I'm going to show you a picture of someone yep. right, this, on this album, mm-hmm. and then we'll talk about this insanely good promo section, by the way. Uh, and I want to see if you can tell me who this is. All right. Okay. I'm excited for this. Oh, I'm, I know it. I know it. I know it. I'm, uh, Hang on. It's time to play the game! Oh, God. The name is at the foot of my brain so much so that... Time to play the game! Cut myself off with John Watson. Another year? Yeah. 2010? Actually, that might be 2012 as well, so it might have been... 
That is... Spiraling at that point. Matt Cardle. Hang on. Wait a second. Uh. Bingo! My favourite Matt Cardle thing is, yeah, fine, you won the X Factor. Yeah, the year that One Direction were on it now. Possibly. TV talent star. And he covered Many of Horror by Biffy Clyro's his big single. And I'm not a Biffy Clyro guy. I've seen we call it, they called it When We Collide, didn't they? And the Biffy Clyro fans were raging. <laughs> they were absolutely foaming. And I thought it was really funny. I, uh, I've seen Biffy Clyro three times, you know, but always in support slots, never by choice. It's one of them weird things where, like, ah. I've, I've got there early and I've seen, like, the second half of a Biffy Clyro gig several times. Like, uh, Cy Gallagher, formerly of this parish, loves Biffy oh, Clyro. What Mo- ledge. Mon the Biff, as Biffy Clyro fans say, which is not, not my band. So it was really funny when they were raging that they'd not only a pop star a dare steal the, like cover the song, but then also steal the title and change it. Maybe they should have called it that. The words are in the chorus. We're not going to call it that. <laughs> I mean, we're doing that clever thing where the title's from earlier on in one of their verses. It might <laughs> be in the bridge. I forget where it is. I don't know. MJF and Adam Cole making their way to the ring. That's what we're here to talk about. I just remember. Oh, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, Cole's on crutches. Jesus. I, I take back every single time we've referenced this previously where I said, yeah, I think Cole like tweaked his knee or did his ankle or something. He broke his ankle in three places and did the ligaments. I did the ligaments. You saw the, my foot yep. recently. Ooh. I wouldn't wish that on anyone, especially not someone as lovely as Adam Cole. Um, but it's time to start time Adam Cole, baba. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but it just showed one. <laughs> Because uh, he explains what's just happened. Uh, yeah. He's going to have to go off and have surgery. Get well soon, Adam Cole. Um, and he apologised to MJF and says, look, we're going to have to relinquish these ROH tag titles. And MJF's like, what? Wait a second. <laughs> I didn't wrestle twice in one night to vacate the titles of those freaky deaky douchebags, the righteous. <laughs> like, they're nearly dead with freaky deaky douchebags. Yeah. They want to be grateful that there was no other time to fit another promo in. Uh, and he says, I'll fight. Because I thought this was going to he's going to partner with Roddy. Um, but instead, uh, he says he's going to have a handicap match against the righteous and defend him for himself and for Adam Cole. Adam! Body strong coming out as a hospital gown. <laughs> Taking him from bed to building. In his Matt first and Mike Bennett have wheeled him all the way there. He says, Adam! I need you! It's an emergency! <laughs> it's an emergency. He just sat there with a neck brace and some glasses on. I don't call if you haven't watched this yet. Like, casted up from, what, heel to knee, pretty much, because of his exploded foot. I need you. And Jeff just calls him a simp. Are oh, you simp? Uh, he says, look, but I learned a lesson. As you mentioned earlier on that boat with Adam Cole, uh, Roderick Strong's your boy, Adam. I may not like it, but I respect you. I respect that he's your boy. Uh, go and do what you do, and I'm going to be right here waiting for when you come back. And uh, Cole gets his crutches and gets off the chair that uh, MJF has laid, uh, laid out for him. MJF folds the chair up, and again, for a split second, I think he's going to hit him in the back. Yeah. And uh, Cole walks up the ramp and leaves with the kingdom and Roddy Strong. And MJF goes to start talking about something else when he's interrupted by the bing, bing, ding, mm. Bullet Club Gold's music hits. They all come out, not just Switchblade Jay White, but rock hard, Juice Robinson. Uh, the guns, uh, card blade as well. But Jay White's, They're a great bunch of lads, aren't they? Jay White sends him to the back uh, and gets down in the ring and tells MJF and the crowd to shut up. Um, he didn't want to come down five on one for a disadvantage. Um, he knows MJF wants some alone time with the switchblade. And MJF, I need your help with this, says, uh, you must be smoking some of that Colorado grass. Uh, and Excalibur tells us we're 420 feet above sea level. Well, this one, Matt? Well, well, Bond. 
um, I have learned through my relationship with Michael Sidgwick uh, and his explanations to you mm-hmm. that grass could be a slang term of one of many slang terms for uh, the drug known, I believe pharmacists call it the Billy Bifter, <laughs> the Benson and Hendrix, the Disco Cigarettes, our old friend, lettuce. our old friend, the Devil's Lettuce, right? And uh, Canna Bliss, right? No, uh, oh, to be fair, I did get some clarification from the entire audience just chanting weed. Weed, weed, weed. And uh, in the America, in the United States of America, again, this wouldn't be something you'd be aware of slash be able to take advantage of. In uh, the United States of America, several states have legalized the use of this. It's, what? Yeah, it's not something that we're able to uh, imbibe in the weed UK. Weed me more. <laughs> weed the people. Um, yeah, and Colorado, I guess, was one of the first, I think. Yeah, Denver. Um, and uh, <laughs> thanks, by the way, you just legit filled me in with that. And uh, 420, mm. further to that, Excalibur mentioned they were above sea level. It's not just an altitude gag. 420, I understand, is the time that the people that most enjoy uh, being a doobie brother choose to imbibe. <laughs> Stand Indeed. MGF says you mess with the king, better not miss. And then he says, oh, actually, that first shot was a bit hairy, but not as hairy as the pubes on your chin. Really good. That you call a goatee. Uh, one of the lads I was at school with, I might have already told you this story. Uh, you know when people sort of like, they want to try and claim something, mm. but we're too young to really know what's going on. Yeah. And they just they just shoot oh, shots, God, in the, this shots in the dark. He was also the lad who claimed he'd driven his go-kart on the motorway. Yeah, there's right? always one. And uh, came in one day and he went, Found my first pube last night, boys. Like, oh wow, you know, and all of us. Uh, yeah, found it in my nose. <laughs> <laughs> so he got called pubic cube for the rest of the, his entire school career. I've definitely told you uh, the two best stories from our school liar, and one is too long and detailed for me to tell on a podcast and vulgar and might get people in legal yeah. trouble. The other one I can tell, um, but I'll tell it again. The character Zangief from Street Fighter. Oh yeah. Uh, Red Trunks, uh-huh. like, the school liar said that Zangief was based on his dad. I'm going to get a picture of him. But, yeah. then, but then his dad, he looked like Miro. while hiking, apparently, like, hiking abroad, apparently got in a fight with a bear. So that's why, in the game, they had to add the detail on his chest. Yeah. <laughs> because that was what happened to his dad. <laughs> it was a far worse one. Like, I I can't tell. Uh, MJF says, in my career, I've been compared to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. People say, MGF, MJF's good, but he's no blank. And he said, as his star rose, the names got bigger, the goalposts got changed. Never bothered him until he read, MJF's good, but he's no Jay White. And he understands now why this bothered him. It's very apparent that he is like a nice fleur mignon. Um, not, no, matter what around, not, no matter what's around it, the plate is all about the filet. Um, just like the show... This show is all about MJF. Uh, no one's on the level of the devil. Um, and Jay, you're, you're very talented, but you've confused even the smartest of wrestling fans, that making them think that you're also filet mignon. Where in reality, you're tofu. <laughs> and the funny thing about tofu, it takes on the flavor of whatever you want it to, but you need to add something to it in order to trick yourself into believing it's got taste. You've got everything. Cool entrance, nicknames, t-shirts, music, big match opportunities. You've been handed the keys to one of the greatest factions of all time. But you take that all away, and you're left with nothing. 
bland, tasteless tofu. You're all hype. Your TV produced a vision that someone in Japan thought was a top guy. I had to take some advice from a real top guy. Leave the ring. If not, for the rest of your career, whenever your name, our names are mentioned in the same sentence, it's going to read as follows. Jay White's good, but he's not MJF because I'm better than you and you know it. And Jay White fires back amidst a tofu chant, granted. He says, yes, this is what I wanted, the authentic, personalized MJF experience, but a bit of a letdown, if I'm honest. Maybe you're a bit distracted, you know. Maybe you feel like the crowd doesn't love you quite as much as they love Adam Cole and the crowd try and show that. Maybe your neck's hurting from Samoa Joe. Maybe your neck's hurting from Cole almost breaking it. But uh, hey, at least you got revenge by breaking Adam Cole's ankle, eh? Because that's your fault. Uh, I've been ruining your life from afar for a while, but I'm up close and personal now to ruin it in the flesh. Well, Mr. Devil, you might say no one's on your level. You need to find another one that doesn't exist in order to stop me from taking that title away from you. Funny how the AEW champion doesn't seem quite so elite when compared to JY. I single-handedly sold out MSG uh, and the United Center. I'm King Switch, baby. I'm the catalyst for professional wrestling. And I, not you, I, uh, uh, MJF, will be truly the elite champion when I peel that title away from you. Um, then you can go sulk with your loser paws because you're their scumbag. You've gone soft. You know it. And MJF is pissed off by this. He wants to show Jay what he's capable of. And he takes his title off. He takes his shirts off. Uh, and Jay gets ready and then bails. Really heated. Really, really heated. I worried at first that um, MJF was... Like, and you never need to worry about MJF cutting a promo. You never need to worry about, like, if the little things that he's saying won't matter in a big way down the line, and there was a few in here. But I was a touch concerned that, Christ, are you burying him too deep here? Are you in an effort to force Jay White to explain to the viewers that might not know why he is every bit as good as he says he is? Because that's what this existed to do, right? If there's anybody left that doesn't yet quite know or think Jay White is the real deal, here's this promo where one guy can challenge that notion and then Jay White can say, no, I am. Here's a million reasons why see in the ring. So it's really quite, Mm. considering that you're building the heel, it's really quite smartly done. MJF basically creates this platform with which for Jay White to be his own carnival barker. But whilst erecting that platform, platform, I kind of thought, you're killing him here. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with the tofu chant, because I was like, not only is that like a really good analogy, but you might have accidentally saddled him with something here that he has to deal with. But it turns out that if he gets the chant, he can deal with it in his matches as much as he dealt yeah, with it here. Yeah. So I've got no concerns, and I shouldn't have worried. But I guess you can do that when the people are as talented as Jay White is. MJF's delivery was just flawless, as usual. Didn't quite for, like get the filet mignon reference. I've not had that in a sandwich at Tesco's yet, but I'll speak to Sid. <laughs> I'll speak to Sid. I'll see where that lives on the food ladder. I'm sure it's important. Um, so, yeah, no, really tremendous from MJF. And then, obviously, Jay White getting to fold in all the story stuff with Adam Cole is tremendous because it keeps that alive it keeps it alive not just in their mini story now but it keeps it alive potentially in any story that mjf has while adam cole is hurt Mm. like mjf now has his own neck health law and all of that is rooted in the beating that adam cole gave him so every single time mjf winces a little bit of that is because of his bro chacho for life adam cole so that's quite nice and jay white is as believable as anybody to win this title because they might not be leaning on it right now but Jay White's first IWGP World Heavyweight title, the match in DD sold out Madison Square Garden defending against Kazuchika Okada, was a massive shock 
when he won that belt, it was an absolute shock. Yeah. So he's got previous as the guy that people write off as a top guy, and then he goes and gets it done. So he's sort of a perfect TV challenger for, not a, sorry, not a TV challenger, like a perfect challenger for MJF. Yeah. Somebody that you don't think is going to win, but does. If we are moving into the 12 pay-per-view cycle in the new era, there are a few better to think of than MJF's next rival and Jay White. Mm. A great bit of potential matchmaking set up here. And like, we'll cover it now, I guess, because it's way more relevant. The cliffhanger at the end of the show mm. finds Jay White beaten up by a bunch of masked men led by somebody in the MJF mask. Now, of course, it could be MJF, but you were certainly encouraged to think, is it him? Or is it, for example, somebody related to Andrade as a result of Bullet Club kind of battering him on collision? Yeah. So that's nicely timed out. But I do want to say one thing. Within this promo, MJF got right in Jay White's face very seriously and said, you don't know who you're dealing with here. You have no idea what I'm capable of. That's a threat. Yeah. So for then there to be this gang beatdown, that's kind of like what he's capable of, isn't he? These evil deeds that MJF does. Have they tr like double bluffed you here by having MJF revert to type literally the second Adam Cole walks out of shot? Has he been teased into being the worst version of himself? Because as soon as Cole is not there to be the angel on his shoulder, the only thing that's left is the devil. Mm. Like, probably not, but in terms of a framing, there's no better time to do that. Or is it Roddy trying to... It's, it's a great cliffhanger. MJF's got enemies out the ass. Yeah. There's loads of people that want to set him up. Jim Ross uh, sits down with Christian Cage and Darby Allen talking about the TNT title, Christian Cage's win, which he was confused about. He's like, well, I retained it, but <laughs> thanks. Uh, he says, look, uh, he talks about the times that he's been pinned by Allen. Uh, they're flukes. No titles are on the line. Doesn't count. Um, I know in my heart that Darby Allen is nowhere near the man or wrestler that I am. I'm going to expose him in front of his family and friends. Uh, speaking of which, is your uh, uncle going to be there? On Sunday? Huh? Sound like a great guy taking his five-year-old nephew out whilst intoxicated. And what happened? Darby's line was great. He's dead. Everyone you talk about is dead. Nice. Right. Which was just a brilliant comeback. Um, uh, Darby Allen says he's not afraid of dying or losing in his hometown. Um, Cage told him to bring his whole family, including uh, Nick Wayne. He says, bring your mum as well. I'll uh, I'll call her since, I, since I've got her digits. Darby Allen says, look, I know you want Nick Wayne there to get revenge, but that's not going to happen. Why don't you leave Luchasaurus at home? Um, Cage is like, enough of all that. Nick Wayne needs a real mentor, not some face-painted dude who hides behind all that. And this fires Darby up and he yells at him and he splashes water in his face and rubs it off. He says he doesn't need this. Uh, you know, he's not hiding behind anything. Uh, and Cage says, I don't, I don't need Luchasaurus either to show, what, show the world what you are. Um, I'm going to be champion now and forever. Get used to it. Really fantastic, this. There's a mixed history with these Jim Ross sit-downs. I think that's safe to say. Yes. Uh, this was on the side of those that argue they should still exist because when they're done well, they're superb. This was loads of fun with Christian doing all the bits that everybody looks forward to him saying. But Darby Allen was the guy uh, to brush that aside and say, like, I won't be gotten to by this because I know that this is just clown stuff. Yeah. And then as if to literally represent that, when he washes away his face paint to show that it's not a protective thing, Christian Cage's mask slips as well. Because the dead dad stuff, the dead uncle stuff, the family stuff is shtick. Like when Darby did that, Christian's came away and yeah. he was like, hang on, I'm fucking serious here, mate. I'm a 20, 30 year pro and I'm going to keep this fucking belt here. <laughs> Masked up little air level. Like, <laughs> so Darby has like, rattled Christian yeah. in the way that Christian expected to go in, sit down, dead dad, 
See you later. Like, I thought this was super impressive. If if you were to die, mm-hmm. would you want to go to heaven for the weather or hell for the company? Hang on. Orange Cassidy, Penta, <laughs> Jackson, Matt Jackson, that is. Skip. On Austin Gunn. Uh, I do like Austin Gunn a lot. I like all four of these. Kept trying to I steal like pins I early like, on. I like three of these. He had a pose off with uh, Penta. They had Omiedo stuff and the guns up stuff. Um, Gunn managed to duck an orange punch and hit shake, rattle, and roll to stand tall, taking us into a break. When we come back, um, there's a bit... Actually, did, I think Sidge called this, basically. No, I mean, not exactly, but Gunn kept trying to pedigree people and everyone kept getting destroyed, basically. Yeah. Jackson launched off Cassidy to hit Penta with a sliced bread, countering Cassidy DDT into Northern Lights. While Cassidy was rolled up, Jackson hit a double Northern Lights on Penta and Gunn for a triple near fall. Oh, my God. Um, Gunn kept trying to pin everyone at one point with a series of two counts. Opted to oppose, triple super kick. Jackson and Penta tried the same thing. Gunn tripped up Penta and Cassidy popped Jackson with the orange punch. One, two, three. And then they all all their partners have a face-off post-match as they talk about momentum. Uh, not a lot left to say on this one that we haven't already covered truthfully. There wasn't a lot of heat in this, but it, like that's unfortunate for the wrestlers who executed a perfectly fun and very functional four-way. But we talk a lot. And it's typically more WWE than AW, but we talk a lot about the wrestling that just happens in front of you and the wrestling that is good without ever getting to great. This never stood a chance because a better version of it had already happened on yeah. the show. Like, it, it was it was, it was was really sandbagged by that earlier match being as fantastic as it was. And I think you felt it in the heat. Mm. Like are, But that, like, stacked near fall, people came unglued for. But a lot of the moves you're seeing, like, even the Destroyers, like... I think people have forgotten how much they're supposed to knack. Yeah. Because they just don't, they're not instant pop generators like they used to be. It used to be a destroyer was like another version of a table, wasn't it? And I don't think it's even there anymore, even when they're theoretically the element of surprise. Yeah. It just didn't do anything for me. Uh, We're almost at the main event, so let's just check my notes. Oh, yeah. Uh, Time for the women's match. Uh, Julia Hart versus Willow Nightingale. Uh, Julia Hart challenging for the TBS championship. Wonder if she's going to win this match. Um, No, to be fair, Willow Nightingale uh, put up a great fight here. Uh, She came out with one eye bandage for the Black Mist stuff, and then when that got exposed, it fired her up even more. Uh, She goes after her on offense. it's a bit where Julia Hart went to the floor and bailed under the ring. And the point was, Brody King was meant to distract Willow Nightingale and Julia Hart was meant to slide out behind her and then hit a chop block. Except Julia Hart basically came out next to Willow Nightingale and had to sneak back yeah. in. I don't know if that was deliberate as like a little slight comedy spot or not. I will say, because obviously, yeah, she had to kind of like reset her position in a little bit. After the chop block, the clothesline at the back of the head she drilled her with was like better than any carrying cross hidden blade you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. She killed her with that on the floor. Um, she put a sleeper on Nightingale, but Nightingale countered with a DVD and a spine buster. Hart tried that handspring corner strike of hers, but Nightingale sent her flying with a pounce. Uh, Oklahoma Stampede followed that. Um, Willow barks at her. Uh, but takes too long, misses the cannonball, and Hart hit a great-looking moonsault mm. to get the one, two, three. Post-match, Hart puts the Heartless on Nightingale again to uh, send a message to Chris Statlander, who has to run down to the ring and save her. And uh, at one point, when Statlander goes after her, she just hides behind the giant that is Brody King. I thought this was really great, you know. Um, Julia Hart, I-, I said it yesterday in the preview, I think is the best she's looked at exactly the right time. Like, she's, her character stuff is absolutely spot on, but her in-ring is improving at a rate of knots, and it's right ahead of her getting a title shot on a pay-per-view. So that's appropriate. She's wrestling up to the spot she's received. Um, 
obviously Willow Nightingale is somebody that has kind of been mishandled, I would say, in 2023 from where she was at. But I loved that character, that relentlessly positive character, clashing with the fact that she was really pissed off about being blinded. Like, the two yeah. things work really well together because every time she tried to stay positive, that would get the better of it. Even right down at the finish, she turns to sort of bark at Brody King and bark at Julia Hart when she's in a position of an advantage. And that's ultimately what costs her. She, she had this one, and she had a lot of the match. Julia Hart's stuff, a lot of the time, as effective as it looked in building her up, was on counter rather than maintaining control. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a really smart way of, on a dirty word, protecting Willow Nightingale in defeat and setting, again, stuff before a pay-per-view. This is stuff you should do. Setting up that moonsault press as a new kill shot yeah, just before a title match, which is going to get you a really hot nearfall. Brilliant. Like, Brody King is the great protector and a great defender, so that Statlander has that to worry about. Also inspired. A lot to love here. Yeah. Uh, before we move on, uh, before we get to the name of the game, see just watch the... Oh. The aim of the game is to predict the hour, minute, and second uh, when the only women's match happens on Dynamite to uh, really reinforce, embolden, italicize, underline the fact that they do the same bloody thing every time and it's in the same place again. Before the main event, obviously the main event was just a contract signing, so it was a bit later here. Um, but I can reveal that I won this week. What? Thank you to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton for, and also to Jose Palomares, who joined us for our stream yesterday at the Ho 11. They always take care of the um, data. Thanks uh, for this. Uh, despite the fact I think I was about 15 minutes off uh-huh. uh, because Siege went first hour, I think, didn't he? Yeah, I think I did too. Yeah. Uh, I just won by default, basically, <laughs> uh, which takes me to five correct guesses for this year. Hamlet's uh, on seven, Sige on eight. How would the streets do the jingle? Well, this is ladies' night. I'm thinking, oh, what a night. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't do the song, did I? That's all right. Well, this is ladies' night. <laughs> oh, what a night. Video version of that. I, I liked one. Hang on, let me find the tweet that you... Because he was, like, not happy about this, was <laughs> But I think I liked whoever tweeted this to us. So thank you to... Mark and Lard. Remember Mark and Lard. Remember the oh. past. Everything was great in the past. Remember, I can't find it. pest. Can't even find that. No, can't find it. Apologies. If I find it. Oh, was this about Sidgwick having an existential crisis and realising that the uh, ladies' night performance is going to be on video? Yeah. It's good stuff. Like it. He's a wizard. <laughs> Can he find it? Anyway, thank you to whoever clicked that off. I saw that on Twitter. <laughs> uh, right, main event time. It was the contract signing between Swerve Strickland and Hangman Adam Page uh, with Renee Paquette channeling her in a Razor Ramon uh, for some reason with the change that she was wearing. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> the Elite and Mogul Embassy are banned. There's loads of security around the ring. Uh, Swerve Strickland in the most heelish thing he's ever done. I would say it's up there. Stops Prince Nana from dancing down to the ring. Don't do that. This was like what a what a choice. Yeah. On the night when Swerve's gonna be the big heel. Yeah. Uh and he says, Hangman, do you know what you're walking into in Sunday? You're walking into whose house? Swerve's house. Yeah. Uh you'll never be the same uh as me. Uh what's a f- what's a farmer to a mogul? What's a bookshot bookshot to a kill shot? Yeah. Nice line that. Really good stuff. Swerve is in such smooth form here as a guy that was like, at this point, he thinks he's got Hangman Page on the ropes and he doesn't even really need to try to finish the job. Um, Page says, look, I'm glad you're ready. 
thanks Strickland for what he said a few weeks ago because it lit a fire under him. <sighs> for a year and a half, he said there was a black cloud over his head. I wonder who that could be referencing. It's because he's lost the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, Will mm-hmm. It's definitely not related to the one guy that should still be here. Mm-hmm. He said he, uh, he couldn't get rid of it. We're going to get... Pete pissed off this. They should, they should use it. They should use yeah. it. They should use this. Said the sun has shine at times, like beating John Moxley in a Texas death match, reuniting with the elite, going into business for himself in promos and uh, <laughs> risking, the, risking the company. Oh, no, he didn't say that part. Uh, every time he started to smile, the cloud came back and it started to rain. I don't know. The sun was out in the opener at Wembley. <laughs> Pretty blue sky somewhere I could see. That's what made Punk's white gear pop so much. F-ing try it once upon a time. Blood and guts, and it was white and purple. You're freaking kicking hard, man. You've had me hanging on this for like three fucking years. <laughs> he weathered the storm. He's maybe, still. Maybe you'll get a singles match next year, eh? <laughs> Keep riding that horse. He's, he's still standing. <laughs> he's still here, he says. Uh, and uh, what Strickland said uh, about him made any doubt wash away from him. Uh, the fans deserve the best, and that's what Strickland's going to get at Wrestle Dream. Uh, Strickland just started laughing, saying that's as pathetic as Russell Wilson and the Broncos last week, because they're in Denver, of course. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, he used to play for the Seattle Seahawks. And he says, uh, thank God we got rid of him. Uh, <laughs> sent him for this dumpster. <laughs> he said, my mental problems, he's talking about mental problems, my mental problems lead me to having a new enemy every day. I'm going to take your position from you. Uh, and, by the way, it rains an awful lot in Seattle. Another good line, yeah. that. Uh, Paige says, you want my spot? You want to be in the main event? You know? You said uh, if you had the chance that I've had, you've been the first black champion, right? Maybe. Look, the only thing we can do is live our lives in a way that generations after don't have to ask that question for themselves. Uh, we can talk about opportunities. For every one I got, I knocked it out of the park. Um, you don't know what it takes to fill my boots. And uh, Strickland slaps him in the face, so Paige stabs him in the hand with a pen, and security have to come in and break them all up. I love this. Um, we talked about it in the office and maybe disagreed slightly, and I kind of want to give you the floor. But, uh, yeah, I really like this. I, it, it, it brings out the worst in me, does the punk stuff, because I just miss him so much. Yeah. I miss it. And the thing is, if he was back in WWE, I wouldn't care at all. Like, I just miss him as a presence yeah. in pro wrestling. So it's not an AEW thing, really. Like, I think there's, there's value in everybody. But, like, um, Paige's delivery here was so believable because, of course, there's so much reality attached yeah, to it. Even, yeah. even if you try really hard to just make it a kayfabe thing, like, ever since I've lost the world title, nothing's felt right. Like, that checks out, you know? So I, I loved how he was kind of explaining away what Swerve had accused him of, as if to say, but I'm through it now, mm. because that puts them on an even keel for the match. And ahead of Swerve's first promo, like, he, he left him dead in the ground, didn't yeah. he? Like, this was going to be an easy beat. So I love that. I think it's going to be a mixed reaction at WrestleDream, and I look forward to watching that Hell play yeah. out. Like, Swerve has leaned in here, and I'm all for that. And the pen stabbing, because of everything Paige has just said... Felt like a transgression, didn't it? Mm. What have you just done? Like, that was quite shocking and yeah. quite striking. So I thought that was, again, like, better than the, like, putting through somebody through a table is all very bombastic and very pro wrestling. This was pretty nasty. Mm. And uh, the pull apart felt real as a result as well. Super effective go-home angle. The heat is where it should be. Our God help us if Paige wins, because this is all set for Swerve to get the win. Hell even, yeah. Even if you go into the stipped-up rematch, which I'm there for, Swerve's got to win. This feels big. Yeah, I was rooting for Swerve, and I can't work out why, whether it's because I'm just a massive CM Punk fan and I'm still holding <laughs> the grudge, or whether I was just like, you've had your time, Hangman. Mm. Swerve's time now. You know, do your promo, and obviously, yeah, the, the basis in reality, and he's, he's really emphasizing it. I just was just like, oh, I don't care. 
I don't care about you. I want Swerve to win the whole thing. Mm. I know he's an arsehole. I know he even stopped Prince Nana from dancing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and then he stabbed him in the hand. Like, like, you prick. I think it could be better than Danielson's LSG. Wow. Well, look, like... Yeah, have you seen the poster? It looks awesome. Yeah. Like, I I just just think the heat is going to be there for this in a different way. There is a certain expectation about the style of wrestling match that will be beautiful between Brian and ZSJ, but you can't fake, like, anger and heat, and this could have a little bit of both. Mm. The work could be exceptional, but the violence is going to feel more lived in because they clearly hate each other, and it means something. Yeah. I can't wait. And then, yeah, we close out the show with uh, Switchblade JY getting attacked by some masked men and uh, a devil mask mm. finishing off the show. I, again, I really want more of that. MJF is going to deny it straight away, and then let's see where that goes. Very excited for Wrestle Dream on Sunday, though. Good. And me and uh, Andy will be doing our predictions for Wrestle Dream a little bit later on today. I believe the video version we're going to go out on our YouTube channel tomorrow. Not our YouTube channel, the What Culture Wrestling Podcast channel. Mm. That uh, has only just started. Uh, we did a Q&A on there yesterday. It's only available on there. It's never going to be coming out as a podcast. And if you want to know the plan is for things going forward, like our live Wrestle Dream review that's coming next week, uh, or the official launch date, or our live show. Oh, my God. Yeah, get watching that for information on our live show, and more information will follow soon on that. But there is a date reveal on yeah. the live show. You can find on that stream. So just, just that keep watching. It's yeah. going to be in there. So we have to search it out or someone will probably put the timestamp at the bottom. <laughs> uh, but for now, this has been the uh, Dynamite Review. Let us know your thoughts on Ick. Ick. at What Culture WWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Uh, but for now, my thanks to Michael Hamflet. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.